Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, five games into the season and the Sharks are two and one since our last ranting podcast. That's they right. have listened what they, and responded. What did they listen to, dude? What did they do right? More Yoakam Ryan. <laughs> More <laughs> Yoakam the Ryan. the recipe for winning. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. The two and one after a pretty miserable first two games where the Sharks did not look good really at either end of the ice. There have been some positives in, in the last three games that we can talk about, mm-hmm. uh, not just uh, in the final score. There are some concerns oh, yes. still mm-hmm. uh, from these uh, last three games. Dude, where do you want to start? Dude, I guess we could go chronological. They beat Buffalo for the first win of the season at home last Thursday. Uh, thoughts on that game, dude? I mean, Buffalo, I, I thought to myself a few times during the game, man, Buffalo really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a team that I think you thought might be a little bit of a sleeper here in the East this year. I did not see too much of that. They looked pretty dead, lifeless to me, especially in the early part of the game. Uh, I didn't, I can't say I noticed Jack Eichel. I mean, he got assists, right? He got assists. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really notice like him the way you notice Connor McDavid, right? Connor McDavid, another amazing highlight play tonight against the Blackhawks. Um, but I don't know. It, am, am I just not seeing the nuances of the Buffalo Sabres, dude? Um, no, dude. I, I would say that early in the year, they have not been a good team. They won a game uh, down in uh, L.A., but other than that, uh, they have been bad. They are 1-4-2, and two, and uh, they just had a long road trip. We'll see how they do when they return back home and they play Vancouver at the end of uh, tomorrow night. But uh, the Sharks won this game. If you're saying Buffalo is bad... The Sharks barely beat them. I mean, they they barely beat them. Yeah, statistically that's, that's true. across the board, this game was pretty even. Uh, twenty five, twenty six shots. Uh, the Sharks had twenty giveaways compared to eight for Buffalo, mm-hmm. and the faceoffs was fairly even. So uh, this game was tied uh, for about halfway through the game. This was a tie game until Timo Meyer broke the tie. Uh, near the end of the second period. So um, this is a team that I would like to think that a Stanley Cup contender would beat regularly and handily. You'll take the win. It was the first win of the Sharks' season. Right. But I wouldn't say I was overly impressed with how it happened. Oh, I wouldn't say it was an impressive win by the Sharks. I was just more struck by how bad Buffalo was. And you're right. The Sharks were not better by a large margin. 
it you know Jason that top line of Jason Pominville, Jack Eichel, Zergis Gergensens, they scored both both the goals. Um, I think they look made the Sharks look fairly silly on both of them. Uh, so it wasn't you know that wasn't exactly confidence inspiring to see Jason Pominville suddenly look like a world beater. <laughs> but uh, um, you know I don't know. It, you're right, but like you said, sometimes you got to win them dirty, and and it wasn't a, it wasn't a really clean win by the Sharks, but they they won, and and it was the first game that Joel Ward was scratched, and he's been scratched ever since. So I guess maybe we should talk about that, dude. So now we have Ryan Carpenter in the lineup uh, instead of Joel Ward. What is your you know we're th- three games into this experiment? It's kind of impossible to render judgment on the the man the myth the legend that is ryan carpenter but what do you think of of this move so far um i don't i don't mind it i like joel ward i was thrilled that joel ward was a part of this team i think joel ward is a better uh player on a team that i hope that they can find joel ward a new home i mean i I think it's going to be tough to do he's got a no trade yeah he's making a lot of money but I, I don't think Joel Ward, and I'll give Pete DeBoer props for this, I would rather see Ryan Carpenter play. I would rather see Barkley Goudreau play than Joel Ward. Now, if the Sharks you know, start winning and find themselves in prime playoff position, and it's not because of the play of some of the bottom forwards, then Joel Ward's going to get another crack. But if we're in the retooling phase, dude, which... I think we both hope is the realistic direction. Oh, okay. oh we both hope we're going to win the Stanley Cup. Of course. That's not going to happen this year. Very unlikely. Right? So Joel Ward is not part of this, the long-term future of this team. Ryan Carpenter maybe is. Barkley Goudreau, maybe he is. We need to find out. Barkley Goudreau not playing. Right. But at least they're... They're giving a look to Carpenter, who I said at the beginning of the year was a failure if Carpenter doesn't play because they protected him. Yes. And and if you're going to protect him, and you, like you said, dude, he's not a young guy. <laughs> you're going to protect him, sign him to a two-year extension for being nothing but a good AHL player. And then you don't even play him? Oh, boy. But I'll say this, dude, and there was an article written about it at The Athletic this week, I think by Tyler Dello, mm-hmm. about... Uh, Coaches who juggled lines the most, and Pete DeBoer was ranked number one. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, I read everything, Tyler. I I told a friend of mine he was waffling about whether to pay for the athletic, and I said, you know, I like Kevin Kurz and I like Pierre LeBrun, but for me, the Tyler Dello articles are enough to justify the cost of the athletic. Okay, yeah. plug over. Go Is on. your favorite team coached by a line juggler? <laughs> Pete DeBoer. Okay. DeBoer has kind of moved... This is his writing. DeBoer has kind of moved back and forth. In general, I'd say the worse his team has been, the more active he's been in juggling lines. This is kind of interesting in light of his comments when we spoke in San Jose. Interesting. We'll have to go back and look what he said. We're talking about focusing... Or I'm going to read it to you. We're talking about focusing on what the other team does as compared to your team. And he said, I've been in situations where you're totally outmatched. That needle moves a little bit, maybe more the other way. Hmm. So... Uh, and t- funny, Todd McClellan, also on this list. No, not shocking. Um, 
We've oh. already seen it. Yeah, right. Although he's saying he's a little more conservative than a typical coach. It's funny. That's not what I would have said by his time in San Jose. Right. Right? Anyways. That's not the uh, impression I get. Looks like he went through and analyzed almost every coach. Oh, that's what he always does, dude. Interesting. And he, I'm sure he's got graphics yeah, and he does, charts he does. and he everything. Yeah, he does. He does. graphics and charts. Yeah. yeah, that's what I love about How badly about do you want to be Tyler Dello? Bad. <laughs> Bad, yeah. Quit your job, dude. <laughs> yeah, be Tyler Dello. You could do it. Anyways, um, I, I guess the point I was going to make is that I, I think we're going to see Joel Ward again and soon. I'm not sure that's the right decision, but I bet you we see Joel Ward in the next three games. He'll I have be a, back. I have a candidate for who Joel Ward will replace, but we'll get to that later on in the okay. show. So, not a great win against the Buffalo Sabres, but a win that we have to take because the Sharks were winless up until that point. And then they played the Islanders Saturday night. Uh, In my opinion, a much better effort. I thought they basically dominated the entire second half of that game. Uh, Josh Hosang and others were pretty impressive earlier on in the game, but after, unfortunately, the go-ahead goal was scored by Brock Nelson in the second period... Uh, at 627, I thought the Sharks basically dominated play from that point forward. Wasn't enough. Thomas Grice, of all people. Yeah, Thomas Grice is a NHL starting goalie Yep. at this point, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. <laughs> so uh, cheers to you, Aaron Dell. Maybe there's hope for you. That's right. You know, uh, be a Sharks backup, and you can be a lucrative starter in the league. We've seen that trend many a time. And, dude, I have to give you props. You called it. Aaron Dell did start against the Islanders. I was yes. not sure that was going to happen, but it did. Thank you, props received. I thought uh, he played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this they got Greist. I mean, the, the Sharks were yep. the better team, and they got Greist. And I think the frustrating part about it is that you don't like to see your team get shut out by Thomas Grice. Like that's, or, or not shut out, but yeah. basically shut down. Yeah. You don't, that's, that's not what anybody's looking for. Right. But it happened. And I think that there are, are positives to take away from it, but the team's lack of scoring was on display. That was certainly the first exhibit that you saw from that game, which is Sharks had chances. Sharks cannot put them away. Thomas Grice, who no one would put in the same class as Carey Price, turns in a performance that makes him look like the class of the NHL. And was that Thomas Grice or was that the Sharks' inability to finish? Um, you know, he made 40 saves. So pretty impressive to have that kind of save percentage. But I know Joe Pavelski in particular was frustrated at one moment when he wasn't able to put a put a goal in so uh the frustration was was there it was it was there and it was obvious right i think that that's that's one of those games that if the sharks hadn't lost the first two we wouldn't really be even spending any time on it you mm-hmm. just be like well you're gonna run into a hot goalie a handful of times a year you're mm-hmm. gonna run into a, a situation where you know somebody plays way over their head and makes 40-plus saves against you. And you lose when they only have 23 shots and you have 41. That's what happens. That's what happens. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Dell was good. 
I mean, you know, he only gave up two of those goals. We have to remember the third was an empty net. Right. So, uh, 909 save percentage for the night. Fine. Not great. Not but, great. But, you know, we didn't see a lot of, no, didn't but, see a lot but of stuff. But not, not his fault. You know, right. I wouldn't say, oh, that one was his fault. You know? That's right. The best effort of the year so far. Most yes. definitely the most recent game against Montreal. A team that is essentially a dumpster fire at this point. Montreal. Not good. You know, they're not good. They're a hot mess. We we torched Carey Price. I loved the goal where Carey Price essentially had his pants pulled down. That was amazing. Like, I've never seen that from a goalie of that caliber. Actually, I don't know if I've seen that at all. I mean, oh, Carey- I've, se- I've seen it before. Oh, you, <laughs> see, you see it because you see these guys in the NHL. They have some impressive moves and goalies get faked out on occasion. Even very good goalies. But I turned to the guy I went to the game with, and I said, I have never seen Carey Price get worked that bad, the way Logan Couture worked him. He freaking got pantsed. Yeah. Uh, he, he left the entire goal open. Yeah. And Logan Couture walked around him and put him in. That was, you know, I, I put give more credit to Logan Couture because Carey Price made a lot of high-quality saves, actually, during the game. The Sharks were all over him, and luckily they managed to score some of those. Right. And of course, you know, we had the inevitable Shea Weber 80,000 mile per hour slap <laughs> shot that that went in. Right. That seemed to hit the back of the net and come out before he had fully contacted the puck. It was like <laughs> ripping open the fabric of space and time, but <laughs> it it was it was an impressive goal and then um you know, Logan Couture with a power play goal after that. So the the Sharks scored two power play goals in the game, uh which is also nice. The Sharks uh, have been very good on the power play. The power play looks way better than it did last year. A lot more movement. They said they've made some minor tweaks. I mean, I would say it's more than that. I Wouldn't still you? Think, I still think the second the second uh, uh, group looks better. The second unit looks better than the first unit. The first unit, you still see the Joe on the half boards, everybody else standing completely stock still, which just makes me crazy. Uh, and you don't see that nearly as much from the second unit. But in this game, that top unit got both the goals. That's true. So, uh, and, and with an assist from Tim Heed. Yeah, that's the difference. Tim Heed. The special sauce. <laughs> too many penalties in this game, just really undisciplined from both sides. Um, too many opportunities for Montreal. I think you were playing a good team, which I think Montreal down the road will be a good team, but yep. if you're playing a team that was good offensively, you would have got worked in, if you were going to take that many penalties. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sharks need to be better about that, especially as they enter this road trip. But good times. Uh, Schlemko played great. <laughs> Did not play. <laughs> Did not play. Uh, I already read a an article oh, by somebody in Montreal just completely lamenting the... Uh, fact that David Schlemko is always hurt. Like, so <laughs> I think if we're looking for the answer of why this guy has bounced around so much, maybe, maybe that's uh, what it is. That maybe he's, you know, Mr. Glass, right? Yeah. And that doesn't play through injuries. And I mean, that could have just really uh, made DeBoer super irritated, uh, exposed his grumpy face. Um, dude, there's been, you know, due to Paul Martin's injury and due to, Pete DeBoer's apparent preference 
for Tim Heed and Yoakam Ryan over Dylan DeMello, mm-hmm. which was a move that I don't think either of us saw coming. Uh, the Sharks are playing two relatively inexperienced blue liners on purpose right now. That's right. What do you think about that? It's funny. I was just going to bring this up because, you know, looking at the scratches, obviously Dylan DeMello has been scratched and we see Heed and Yoakam Ryan. And I have to say, I am not unhappy with either of them. And I normally I would be sort of surprised at that. Uh, you bring in some some guys that, especially defensemen, a lot of times you have less time to make a decision with the puck in the NHL. A lot of you hear a lot of young players talk about that. The game's just so much faster. They're on top of you more. You have less time to make a decision. Um, and these guys are playing a position where that really can hurt you badly if you make the wrong decision or you just don't make a decision quickly enough. And I'm I'm happy with both of their play. I'm happy with you. I I notice both of them. When they're in the lineup, I notice their play not in a bad way. I'm like, oh, geez, what a bonehead play that was. Um, we seem to notice more bonehead plays from Brent Burns, to be perfectly honest. If I'm going to you know, pick apart a, a single defenseman that, that makes some ill-advised plays, I would say Brent Burns would be the one I would, I would focus on at this point. Two but, points minus five in his first five games. Right. Not good. So they're, while they're not um, you know, the second coming of Bobby Orr here, uh, I think you have to be nothing but pleased with their contribution so far. And it, and from what we've heard, Paul uh, Paul Martin is not making the trip. So his injury is serious. Right. Um, in that Montreal game, I like that Tim Heed got four shots on net. I like that. Yep. You know, the Sharks have been lacking that second threat from the blue line. They haven't had one. They've had uh, nothing to show for that. And it, it's put all the pressure on Brent Burns. So I, I like that, and I agree. I think Joachim Ryan appears to be, in a sh- very small sample size, an NHL player. And, you know, we've seen Dylan DeMello play more than a handful of times. So let's let these guys play. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMello's used to sitting in the press box. He's probably got <laughs> his own seat. So uh, Brings his own let cushion. him watch. And then, you know, maybe DeBoer actually prefers DeMello to these two guys. But it's time to find out because with Heed, I don't think you can send him down without him going through waivers. You can't send DeMello down unless he goes through waivers. I'm not sure if that's the case with Joachim Ryan or not, but I know with Heed and um, DeMello, that is the case. I think that's the case with Carpenter, and I think that's the case with Goudreau as well. That's right. So these guys are going to stick around and play for a little while. and. You know, well, maybe not Goudreau, but uh, <laughs> uh, they're going to see. And I'd like to see Goudreau get in there again, too, actually. And, and you know, um, let him get another crack and and see see what's going on. Because there are some of the veteran guys eh, not doing too well. Mikel Bodker in the doghouse already. <laughs> Shuffling lines. He's already down. You know, he was pretty pretty standard on the power play, pretty standard in the second line. First few games got demoted in the Montreal game. Could we see a healthy scratch Mikel Bodker? I could see it. Yeah, I... If they're going to put Joel Ward on the bench, bring in Joel Ward or Barkley Goodrow for Mikel Bodker, I could see that because Bodker is not contributing. Well, he's got three points in five games, dude. I mean, like, he's he has contributed on the stat sheet. Like, I don't know. The Sharks are so... They do not have a lot of depth in skill players. And I think if you're going to bench a guy with a lot of skill mm-hmm. for a guy who 
is old and can really do a limited amount of things or a guy like Goudreau who's not a skilled player either. I don't know how that's helping the team. I think the guys that if you're looking at who might be next to to come out of the lineup, uh, I think you can uh, take a little looky-loo at Mr. Melker Carlson, who's a minus three with no points in five games. You know, he may be the next one to come out. Uh, you may also take a look at Yannick Hansen. Yannick Hansen, also mm-hmm. no points in five games, minus two. Um, I wouldn't say that I've noticed either of them being particularly bad, but have they done anything? No. Right. So if someone's going to come out next, I think it could be one of the two of them. Mm-hmm. I do also notice that Jonas Donskoy only played 10 minutes, the fewest of any Sharks forward in that Montreal game. I was just about to mention him. Yeah, that's that's interesting. He played the fewest number of shifts and the fewest minutes. So, yeah, those guys, certainly, I have to say, of all those players you just mentioned, the, the one player that I am the most disappointed in, for whatever reason, is Yannick Hansen. I just don't see him anywhere. Um you see him sprinting for icing calls. That's about it. Um, and I remember him making an impact last season. I remember him being effective on the forecheck, stealing the puck, creating chances, being a pain in the butt. I haven't really seen that this season. And I don't know if it's a function of him playing with unfamiliar line mates or, or the matchups or whatever it is. But, you know, this is a guy who was an effective player, who has been an effective right. player his entire career, and he seems to be largely ineffective. Yeah, well... Albeit only within five games. He should be a 20-goal-scoring pest. That's where he's been at his best when he was in Vancouver. I think that's what the Sharks thought they were getting. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're getting none of the goal-scoring and none of the pestiness. Right. So um, we're getting a lot of penalty-killing. Yes. Plays a lot on the kill. Yes, yes. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say about that. I guess that maybe for him and Milker Carlson, that might be their saving grace because they both are, you know, leaders in ice time on the penalty kill amongst the San Jose Sharks. Who's been the best shark in the first five games, dude? Kevin LeBanc. Wow. Uh, that's been the best surprise, certainly. Right, right. Um, You know, this is a guy who's had a nose for the net, certainly in juniors, uh, scored a heck of a lot of points. And they put him on the first line where, uh, you know, players do well for a time <laughs> and then seem to tail off. Uh, Kevin LeBanc, five points in five games. I will take it. Absolutely. Put him with Joe and Joe. If he... He certainly seems to have a nose for the net. He is in dangerous areas uh, at the right time. He wants to score goals. That's He knows that's where he is going to make his money. Um, I like that. That's the kind of player that we want with the guys that uh, can do all the right things as the Joes can do. So um, I'm happy he's there. I'm happy he's producing. And uh, he's by far the best surprise for me. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think the thing I like the most about LeBanc's production early is that in five games, he's got points in four of them. So he's been contributing almost every night. Right. And, you know, Logan Couture, if you look at the stat sheet, has the same amount of points as Kevin LeBanc, but he got four of them in one game. Yes. 
No, I'm not slagging on Logan, Logan Couture here, but it's a little misleading. You got to look at the overall contribution. LeBanc has been from you know beginning to end so far this season the best player I think mm-hmm. uh, on the Sharks, and I'm glad to see that you know well he's earned the opportunity to stay up on that top line, and I hope that when he does struggle, which it will happen, that they don't go away from him and just let him fight through it and not shuffle him around to try and find the next flavor of the month because this guy has the pedigree of a scorer and you, you got to stick with him and let him fight through some of his growing pains because there's going to be some dude. I know, but what we've seen so far as you, as I was trying to be the optimistic one at the beginning of the season, given you know where the sharks went in the off season by not acquiring veteran scoring, not acquiring other veterans to try and fill in what we perceive as gaps on the team. But you were saying, uh Oh, DeBoer's going to shuffle lines. Well, so far, you've been proven right and I've been proven wrong. And I'll say why I don't mind it so far is because I feel like what he's doing is instead of stubbornly sticking with an ineffective veteran, he's playing younger guys. He's playing unknown quantities to find out what the deal is. You know, if he doesn't like Dylan DeMello, which I don't know what he thinks about him, Mm -hmm. but if he doesn't like DeMello then why not play Tim Heed and find out if he's an NHL player? Why not play Joachim Ryan? Where it would be frustrating is if they went out and they signed Roman Polak. Yeah, right. sure. To come, like, bridge the gap, right? Or if they bring in some sort of, you know, they drag Scott Hannon, you know, out of, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Baker Square. How about that for a throwback? And, and, and have him, uh, do you remember the Italian sandwich at Baker Square? It was good. I went to Outback tonight, dude. I took my daughter wow. to Outback. It's the first time she's ever been there. On purpose, huh? Was everything else closed? <laughs> that's horrible and that's rude. <laughs> dude, they serve Fosters on tap, dude. Great. No one in Australia drinks that. I know. <laughs> I didn't either tonight. But I don't know, dude. It's kind of fun every time you can check as, as, a, as a parent when you can check another restaurant off the list. You go like, okay, we went to Outback and she liked it. She liked the Bloomin' Onion? Dude, we didn't get the blooming onion. What? She's not gonna eat that. That's what you get at Outback. She she didn't. She's not gonna eat that. Oh, she doesn't like onions. No, she's five. Does she like fries? Yes. It's kind of like fries. You need, well, dude. I'll, I'll expo- let you. Okay. I'll explain it to her. Great. <laughs> when you take her to Outback, you can order the blooming onion. I will. Good job. I will. Good luck. And I'll, and I'll be able to eat it all myself. Ah. My ploy works. I always like those cheese fries. And until I read that it was actually the most unhealthy thing, I think, on the menu anywhere. This in is any su- restaurant. This is a surprise. Cheese fries? It's no. like fries made of cheese. Well, right? don't forget the ranch dressing, dude. <laughs> and the bacon. It's really good. That does sound good. I didn't I didn't get it, though. Cheese mm, I went to Outback. And I got a salad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you did not. I got a... I got a can I get a plate of leafy greens? <laughs> So anyway, that's what Logan the side of David Schlemko's fragility. <laughs> they give you that for free. So, dude, uh, yeah, I mean, the the one player that is the most disappointing to me is again Mikel Bodker. I mean, the Brent Burns thing. Maybe I should talk about Brent Burns, I guess, a little bit. But certainly, we saw his production tail off after just a a red-hot first half of the season. We saw his production tail off the second half of the season, and it seems to be continuing so far this season. I'm not even talking about his you know, defensive giveaways, of, of which there have been an uncomfortable amount. 
but it seems like every team has now game plan for Brent Burns. They know what he's going to do. We're, we do that low to high thing on the power play. And when we have possession in the zone and then Brent Burns shoots for the tip or he shoots it on net. And now uh, the opposition is putting two, three guys in that lane and all these shots are getting blocked. The, the one thing I like about Tim Heat especially is because Brent Burns was feeding him one-timers on the power play and no one was expecting it. Right. No one was playing for that one-timer and Tim Heat has a, has a damn good one-timer and he's pounding away and it's like, right. I want Brent Burns to be able to recognize or the coaching staff to recognize and communicate that, listen, everybody is playing. I mean, this may be, you may be better at this than everybody else in the NHL and certainly as the Norris Trophy winner, he has proven that. Still, it doesn't mean that one against three is going to work. You get three guys trying to block that shot. That shot's getting blocked. He's got to think of something else. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's he's the most disappointing player in the first five games, uh, Brent Burns, to me. And I don't think he's going to have a bad year. I think he's going to bounce back. But his minus five is glaring, and and it's been some bad, Mm -hmm. bad decision-making. And uh, that's been discouraging. But I'm sure he'll figure it out. And, you know, I think you're right in that Montreal game. Seeing that, and and I've been asking for this too. Stop putting a forward on the point and put another defenseman up there who's capable of delivering this kind of firepower on the power play. When you have that player, use them. And then let Pavelski play one of the forward spots. You're going to make it, make the overall unit better. Mm -hmm. And I think that er, just early results, they've found possible chemistry there and uh, hopefully they'll, they'll stick with it. But yeah, Brent Burns, if this team is going to go anywhere, it's no secret to anybody who's listening that Brent Burns has to be better. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. He has to be a lot better. Probably one of the the best player on the team, most likely. So, but we know he's going to bounce back, right? We're five games in just like the other team has coaching staff. The sharks have a coaching staff. Brent Burns can make adjustments. He will make adjustments. And I'm sure we're going to see some pucks go in the net here because there, there have been plenty of dangerous shots from him. But the thing is, uh, you know, he's, uh, shooting 0% because he has no goals. Dude, the sharks are embarking on a five game road trip that I think, uh, on paper, when you look at it, it looks fairly daunting. Any trip to the other side of the country is daunting. But actually, when you take a little bit of a deeper dive here, there are some very winnable games on this road trip. Right. And surprisingly, the first one may not be one of them. Right. I mean, well, <laughs> New Jersey has been... Excellent. Um, one of the biggest surprises in the NHL. No doubt. Uh, with their... Uh, high-flying, exciting uh, brand of hockey, they've been doing really well. Uh, What may give the Sharks a a shot here is that New Jersey, the Sharks are there waiting for New Jersey for tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. New Jersey just played an overtime game in Ottawa, which was Ottawa's home opener. They went up there. And I think it was their home opener. Maybe not. But either way, they went up there and they beat them 5-4 in overtime. And now they're going back to New Jersey where the Sharks are sitting there. And we've seen the Sharks get pounded on the other end of this. Yes. So I'm hoping 
that the sharks can be the ones that deliver that punishment to the devils here. The devils had to travel back from Ottawa. Sharks have been waiting. The sharks get to basically stay, I'm assuming, in the same hotel for probably five nights Mm -hmm. because they play New Jersey on Friday, the Islanders on Saturday, and the Rangers on Monday. So travel's a non-issue. New Jersey has been playing over their head. They're getting them in a good spot. I give the advantage to the Sharks tomorrow. Yeah, and that's funny. On paper, New Jersey is the toughest team right now amongst those five. And like you said, the Sharks are in a good position to win that game. Right, and and actually, you know, the Islanders are are off to a decent start. I mean, they won they won tonight at the Garden four three, and they've already beaten the Sharks once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I'm just I'm not afraid of that that team. That that team doesn't scare me. And if the Sharks want to be a playoff team, they need to win two of these games. Mm-hmm. You've you got to find a way to win a game in a winnable situation like New Jersey. Like, they're 6-1. and one. Good on them. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. But you know who else is 6-1, and one, dude? The Vegas Golden the Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. So something's got to give here, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, Detroit is 4-3. and three. Like, some of these teams are playing way, way over their head. You know, the abs are four and three. Yeah. I mean, please. Well, you know, these things right? happen. Right. I mean, we, we've seen some teams get off to great starts, and they come back down to earth. New Jersey is not going to win the Metro. Right. But they've got some good young players, and they're doing it the right way. Like, they've, they've got some young, exciting players. Taylor Hall. They're more fun to watch now than you would have expected. That's true. But As the Sharks, for a team that under Lou Lamorello had this sort of plotting defensive style, they right. have completely departed from that. But the Sharks are in a position where this is a winnable game. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a winnable game. And certainly the Rangers have started with a thud. They're one in five. So the Sharks could win that game at the Garden. Absolute, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Rangers are really struggling. What you don't want to be is the team... That goes into the garden, and then the the Rangers get better against you. Like, right, yeah. You're the team that made the Rangers heal all their wounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, that scares me, actually. It really does scare me that, that the Sharks will be the team that the Rangers all of a sudden rediscovered their season against, right? Yeah. But um, the Rangers, you know, they have a game against Nashville on Saturday, which I think that's a tough game. The Sharks are coming in in positions to win if you're looking at this if we were in vegas dude Mm -hmm. i'd feel good about the sharks in the next three days especially because they'd be underdogs in all these bets they'd be dogs in all these games you've got the sharks in a winnable spot against new jersey tomorrow you've got the sharks in a winnable spot against the islanders because you know they're feeling good about going into the garden and winning that game Mm -hmm. that's a that's a classic letdown spot to be at home Against the Sharks, the Sharks have a revenge factor of trying to beat them from the loss from the earlier week. You could easily see the Sharks going 3-0 and to start this road trip. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, I, I guess 3-0 and is maybe unrealistic. But if they can't get four points from these first three games in winnable situations, it's disappointing. It's a, lot, it's a missed opportunity. It is. It's a missed opportunity, and, dude. And Boston's basically exactly where we thought. They're sort of in the middle. They're 500. Yeah, I mean, they're, and, and right. Buffalo is, as we said, been bad. So those, those, neither one of those games is particularly daunting 
either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the downside to the Buffalo game is that, you know, they will have played Saturday and then they will have had a lot of time to rest. And maybe by then I think Bergeron is still out, you know, maybe he'd be back and healthier and they're, they're trying to get David Backus back. I guess you don't want to be, uh, and, and I have to look here to see, uh, if see they played tonight. Did, uh, did Backus and Bergeron play dude? I'm going to take a little, little you're going to take a little looky loo here. Bergeron did play tonight. And so did Bacchus. So I guess that's good. You didn't want to be the team that they both came back against. Like right, that, right. that would suck. Then everybody would be super yeah, happy. Yeah, Vancouver felt that tonight. That they lost 6-3. Boston beat them. So, but even so, I mean, Boston, that's, that's, that's not the same game it was three or four years ago, that's right? That's right. And then going to Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo, like, as you said, they're not good. So for a difficult road trip, there's some winnable games. Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm sure we can find uh, more road trips later on this season that look a lot worse. Um, for instance, we got one Dallas, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Winnipeg in January. That doesn't look like a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, well, I'm looking at one right now. Florida, Philly, Tampa, Washington. That one sucks. Yeah, that sucks. That's not a good one. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, so anyway. And, oh, here's a bad one, dude. Here we go. Hold on. Hold it right there. Dallas, Montreal, Toronto. That's what you just said. That's what I just Never said. Mind. Good idea, dude. <laughs> Hello. Great pick, dude. Thanks for listening. <laughs> anyway, so, dude, what, what do we want to see out of this road trip? Obviously, more than just the points here. I mean, are there certainly, I mean, the, the big thing we want to see is we want to see Brent Burns on the scoreboard. We want to see uh, a lot fewer bad mistakes, not from him in particular, but also from the team. There seems to be you know, some bad penalties that we gave up and, and all these kinds of things. If they can just tighten up their game a little bit in terms of mistakes, and if we can get Brent Burns on the scoreboard, then I, I like our chances against against some of these teams. Yeah, I would like to see the continued emergence of Ryan and Heed. I'd like to see their playing time to continue to be steady, even if they struggle, that they don't get yanked. And, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a key here, dude. You hit it with Brent Burns. You know, Burns being able to be effective i'd like to see logan couture ride the wave of that montreal game and mm -hmm. and become more involved on a regular basis on the scoreboard i'd like to see the sharks score i'd like to see the sharks average three goals a game over these next three games wouldn't I, that be nice well i i'd like to see that and i think it's doable uh you know against these three teams i think that that's very possible that that they can score effectively against these three teams. Well, things are looking up, dude. We're a lot more optimistic this week than last. Won a couple, nothing like a couple of wins yeah, to well, do that for I you. I mean, yeah, you go two and one for the week, and you feel a little bit better. But there's certainly still uh, issues and key players on the Sharks that are not performing. Mm -hmm. But there's some things to be encouraged about too, and we'll see how it looks in a week's time. We'll talk to you in a week. Bye. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.